Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Whitfield. Ryan, I would ask you if you're getting psyched for the NFL season, but I know you had a uh, an awesome day yesterday drafting, so let's leave it at that. So I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't ask you if you're psyched about the NFL season. I know you are, right? <laughs> of course. As I, as I told you in the pre-show, Found myself after too many drinks watching the 2016 AFC Championship game last night. Uh, on Friday, I watched Super Bowl 51. I watched Super Bowl 53 <laughs> last weekend. Uh, wow. and, 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 not, and not highlights. I'm, I'm pulling the two and a half hour uh, full broadcast from uh, uploaded YouTube videos. So I uh, need awesome. to say I'm ready for the season. And, and I was watching Hawaii and Arizona at uh, 2 a.m. on Friday night. Uh, right, because why I not? Up. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm more than ready for football, for sure. <laughs> yeah, me too. I watched a ton of college football this weekend. I did not watch a lot of highlights from the, from the uh, playoffs or Super Bowl because I'm a Bears fan, so I only have one to watch, so that kind of sucks. I guess it must be nice being a Patriots fan. Hey, you know what? That being said, there's even more to get psyched about today because we are excited to have a special guest with us. We have Adam Aniva from the Burgundy and Gold Report. Welcome to the show, Adam. It's awesome to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, so Adam, you know, before we get rolling, just uh, want to intro, you know, your site people and get them uh, in the know here. Why don't you tell us why, other than being a homegrown Redskins fan, you started the Burgundy and Gold Report? Well, you know, it always comes down to, of course, like you said, I've been a diehard fan my whole life. I've always been into, you know, mock draft, evaluating prospects. And then most recently over the last year and change, uh, really got into film watching. I took a course with the Scouting Academy under Lewis Riddick and uh, Dan Hatton. And um, they really got me, you know, more into the film watching, breaking down. And so, you know, it's just about following the prospects. And then, you know, uh, a couple of my picks, you know, Danny Johnson from Southern actually ended up with the Redskins. So, you know, I've been getting mm-hmm. a couple hits. And, you know, um, just it's just a passion of mine and you know writing has always been something I've been interested in and finally you know about two years ago I really decided to go you know all in and that's where I started the Burgundy and Gold Report. That's awesome and some some great stuff in there everybody should definitely check it out it's at burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com great stuff there and uh, Adam isn't kidding when he says he watches a lot of film he watches so much film that when I invited him to join our fantasy football league, he's like, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that. I'm watching film every waking minute of my life. So, hey, guys, you want the benefit of all that, go check it out. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Adam, for joining us. We're going to get rolling right now because we got a lot to talk about today, including Andrew Luck's surprise retirement, Lamar Miller's season-ending injury, and highlights and takeaways from week three of the NFL preseason. So let's just go ahead and get rolling. All right, first, let's talk about Andrew Luck. In a shocking move, at least for me, Luck announced just this past weekend that he was, quote, mentally worn down and that he was retiring from the NFL, having informed owner Jim Irsay and the Colts almost two weeks ago of this potential. Luck is 
uh, two years removed from a lost season and a shoulder injury. He bounced back in 2018 as NFL's comeback player of the year, totaling 4,593 passing yards and 39 touchdowns. Luck hadn't practiced all summer or appeared in any preseason games as he dealt with a mysterious ankle issue that morphed into a cap issue. Drafted just seven years ago, Luck managed to get the Colts to the 2014-2015 AFC Championship game, as well as several other postseason appearances. Luck is leaving a whopping $58.1 million on the table from the remaining three years of his contract, but gets to keep $24.8 million in signing and roster bonuses that the Colts could have recouped, but instead decided to let Luck keep. Okay, Adam, let's start with you first. Your reaction to the retirement, and how does this impact the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, I tell you, I, I was shocked, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, after I, you know, listened to his press conference, I, I got a little more insight into, I think, what's going mm-hmm. on in his head. Um, you know, he mentioned, you know, one of the quotes he said was, you know, the joy has been taken away from him. You know, he's been a- unable to pour his heart and soul. And, you know, one thing, if anyone's ever played football or even followed football, you know, you're risking your life. If, 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 you, if you're losing the, the love of the game, you know, that's when things happen. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe after listening to him, you know, and, and seeing him get emotional, I definitely think that these injuries, the, especially the rehab, a lot of people think rehab, oh, you know, riding a bike. No, rehab is painful, you know, especially with him, you know, with his shoulder and various things he's dealt with. And I definitely think, you know, there's some depression involved with it. And, you know, per mm-hmm. my personal opinion, I, I think we'll see him back. Kevin Sheehan mentioned it on his show today. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely think, you know, within about two years, I would not be surprised if, if we see him back. That's just been the trend. And, you know, uh, for him to walk back at, what, he's 29 now, so but 31, that's still, still a young man for a QB. And, you know, the yeah, kind sure. of money that they'll be talking in you know, two years, you know, average quarterback money is going to be, you know, 35, 40 plus million. So right. I think we're going to see him back in another two years. Yeah, well, and, and, and Ryan did predict – about four years ago now, Ryan, I think that uh, we're going to see these guaranteed, gigantic guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks, and we're seeing them now. Uh, so who knows? Maybe there's going to be enough to get luck back into it. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Andrew Luck? I've actually been looking forward to hearing from you about this, knowing what you uh, think about Andrew. So what do you think about Andrew Luck and his retirement, and how does this impact the Colts? So I think, and I'll save my this point for last, but uh, the third point I'm going to make is one that, uh, you and anyone who's listened to our show over the years will not be surprised about. But the two I'll, I'll right. start with, um, you know, one, uh, and, and let me clarify, not that I need to, but I'm not a doctor. Um, but <laughs> that that pillhead owner um, was on a podcast oh, a couple a couple weeks ago talking about it, and he might have slipped and, and said something that I haven't heard enough traction nationally, um, but was caught locally on the radio here in Boston. Um, and at, at one point in the interview, he says, you know, he's got that thought thing, that, that you know, the, the ankle thing he's dealing with, and he just moved right on. And uh, as you've char- uh, characterized that you keep calling it a weird ankle to calf injury now. Um, right. and there seems to be a lot of misconception what's going on. So this is all secondhand, and this is done by the Boston sports radio people um, where they started digging on this. And so mm-hmm. I can't promise you this is what it is, but this would make it make a lot more sense in my mind. Um, so FOP, which could also be known as fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva, is a medical condition where when your when your muscle um, tears, uh, it actually grows back as ca- it calcifies and grows back as bone. So this is this is it's a really it's a rare condition. Uh, I believe Cam Neely, who used to play for the Bruins back in the 90s. Um, this is part of what his issue was when he kept having the knee injuries and stuff. And so it ruins your, your flexibility. It's extremely painful and stuff. And so when you play a sport where you're constantly at risk for tearing, if you have this condition, um, 
you know, it, it's something that can become super painful and, and, so, and, and changes his career, right? I mean, if, that's an, if that is what it is and that's happening in his ankle area and he's a guy who relies on his mobility, um, you know, that makes it pretty impossible to play the game. So I'd be mm-hmm. interested. If, I think we'll find out more as we go. But, I, I, you know, again, it, unless he was just stuttering and didn't know what he said, but he says, you know, he's got that thought piece, and he almost realizes he said it and stops and goes, uh, the ankle thing. And I think mm-hmm. people just thought it was like a throwaway line. Um, so it's something interesting to note. The next wow. thing I was listening to, and I forget who it is. This show sucks, but I was out and I happened to be in my car late Saturday uh, night. <laughs> and so there's the, the, the huge show on, on the national CBS sports radio. Yep. Um, and they, they were doing an interview and uh, it was a gambling expert from Vegas who was just on talking about how the lines had shipped. And, and forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but anyways, he said that if you put out feelers around, Andrew Luck's camp, it's not hard to find out that when he said when he came back from the shoulder injury, um, he talked about what a toll it took on him, you know, in his personal life at home um, and how it really affected his mood. He was a miserable human being. Um, what this guy on the, on the radio had said was that if you put out feelings, it's not hard to find out that this has had a huge, uh, all the injuries and in his negative mind state coming from them have put a huge strain on his marriage. Uh, and if you go back and listen mm. to his press conference after he cites multiple times, you know, sat down, this is what's best for me and my personal life and my family and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it feels like there might be some external pressure. So I think in a vacuum, could he come back? And, um, as you guys both said, yeah, I, I think he could. Um, but if it's putting a strain on his, on his real life and his marriage because it's affecting his mentality, it's similar to what you heard Gronkowski say before the Super Bowl last year. People expect you to show up and be in a good mood, but they don't understand that this takes a wear on you. Um, right. Or, you know, it takes a toll on you. So, um, for those two reasons, I think, I think he is done for good personally. Mm, I think, okay. I think this is much more serious than people realize. Um, he's walking away from a lot of money. He's walking away in his prime. And, and this is more shocking. And I've heard people compare it, compare it to Barry Sanders or um, uh, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson. And, and other guys like this who, who played more physical positions, quarterback supposed to be protected. And that brings me to my third point, Ryan Grixon, you, I, I said he sucked from the minute he started drafting in Indianapolis, yeah. and he proved it. He ran this guy out of the league, and it is a huge, huge. And I actually had the thought I hadn't put it out anywhere, so I will cite where I just saw someone else put it so I don't look like I'm just stealing it. Um, yep. But Eric from the Fanalyst podcast who we've had on here before. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, he, just, he just tweeted out the same thing that I was thinking about for the last couple of days about this. This is a huge warning to the Houston Texans. Fix your goddamn offensive line because if the same thing – Deshaun Watson's a huge candidate to be the next guy that just gets to this point where he, where he's beat up. And uh, if you remember, um, I can't remember who, Oh, it's uh, David Carr. You know, they already ran mm-hmm. him out of the league by not building an exactly. offensive line back in the early 2000s. So um, mm-hmm. big warning to them. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh so first of all, a little bit of light applause there for uh, making our podcast educational for our listeners that we very rarely do yeah, that. Right. So thanks for bringing a little bit of science to the show. Look at this guy doing research. That's amazing. Um, yeah, some <laughs> really interesting points there. <laughs> I can't, first of all, I can't believe you did that research while hungover, Ryan. That's awesome. That's amazing. Look at this guy. <laughs> I did it beforehand, but I just, I just brought it with some energy hungover. Sorry, oh, nice, nice. I like <laughs> all right. Well, so that's some good thoughts there on Andrew Luck. Any, uh, and Adam, I, I know, I know I kind of teed this up a little bit earlier, but uh, any thoughts from a fantasy perspective? I know that's not your, your, your shtick, but um, with Andrew Luck now out, Jacoby Brissett being the starting quarterback, you have any thoughts on, the fantasy trickle down. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Brissett. I actually used to live down the street from where he went to high school in ah, no Palm Beach Gardens. 
Oh, great. And um, I found I found out about him secondhand um, from some people. And so, you know, when he actually transferred to um, from Florida to NC State, you know, I saw a lot in him. And back then I was looking at him as, a, you know, a kind of a cross between McNair and Leftwich. Um, mm-hmm. As far as his ceiling, I, I'm not as high on him, I think, as a lot of people are. You know, 2017 was his best year. He had a little over 3,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, right. 7 INTs. 260 rushing, four touchdowns. I would have liked to see a little more rushing from him, to be honest with you, to show he's more of a dual threat. I don't consider 260 yards and four touchdowns rushing really a dual threat. So he's right. got a strong arm. Indianapolis finally, is, you know, they're starting to assemble, you know, a professional offensive line, which is ironic now, you know, luck, you know, walking away from it. So that's what, you know, Brissett's going to have going from. I like their run game, to be honest with you. I like what they're doing with their run game, and I really like mm. what they're doing with their defense. Their receiving right. core, I, I still think they make, you know, some questionable picks and, you know, not having luck there. That's that's going to hurt them a lot in, in the passing mm-hmm. game. But I think, you know, you, you'll see, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, like I said, I'm not, I wish I had time for fantasy, but, you know, I think their <laughs> right. run game is definitely, you're going to see, you know, probably more running from them since you've seen since probably when Edger and James was there. I think that that's definitely something to look at with their backs and especially Mac, you know, I scouted him coming out yeah. of uh, I think it was South Florida, I believe. I don't have it in front of me, but I really liked him coming out. So I think that, you know, their, their backfield, you know, it's going to be by committee is definitely going to be something to watch as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, well, most definitely. Marlon Mack looking there. Nike Hines, also someone I think looks uh, worth a look for fantasy. So, Ryan, another uh, another former Patriots quarterback getting uh, being the starter for 16 games probably. Your thoughts on Jacoby Brissett this year and what that means for the Colts? Yeah, I think he's a limited fantasy player. Um, he's certainly not Andrew Luck. You know, I, I'm in an experts league uh, on sleeper with a bunch of the, the guys that I, I know in the industry, and uh, I took Andrew Luck in the third round. Uh, the app crashed after the Andrew Luck news came out because everyone was trying to rush it and uh, Sleeper was apparently not prepared to handle that traffic. Um, and oh. by the time it came back up, I didn't get an alert that it came up and I lost out on Brissett. So I would have taken him because it's a super flex league, so the, the quarterback options are limited. Um, mm. But that's that's the scenario where I take him, you know, in, in a two quarterback or uh, super flex league where he's your number two and hopefully actually your number three guy. Um, with that said, uh, you know, I agree that uh, there, there's a bump to Marlon Mack here. Um, I think everyone else takes a down, uh, you know, a downgrade, uh, except for T.Y. Hilton. And uh, for whatever reason, all of a sudden, I find myself the last two weeks on Football Outsiders a ton. Um, but right now, it's just looking <laughs> My at favorite it, I remembered hearing this. Yep, and I remembered hearing this. So I wanted to go look. Uh, I don't have anything updated because uh, he didn't play, obviously, uh, more than mop-up kind of games last year. But he, uh, in 2017 – was actually the highest graded deep ball passer uh, on football outsiders. He had an accuracy percentage of 65%, which led the league four touchdowns to one interception. Um, his overall uh, completion percentage was, was 36.7, which was, which is far from the best. Um, but according to football outsiders, a lot of that was uh, due to drops and, and stuff that was not his fault, but his actual passing downfield is the best in the league. Long way of saying that, that I think T Y Hilton holds uh, maintains his relative value. Uh, just because that his skill set aligns with, from a passing perspective, the skill set that uh, Andrew Luck has. If you were smart, right. you were fading Eric. You were fading Eric Ebron already. This only makes yeah, it worse. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. Yeah, and and I think Doyle gets uh, previously goes down to zero value at this point, and I can't imagine anybody taking him in a 
12 team or more shallow league than that. Maybe if you're a 16 team league, but yeah, some good thoughts there on fantasy, some good thoughts there on Andrew Luck, lots of things to look at there. Definitely one of the most surprising things we've seen in the NFL over the last decade, I'd say Uh, let's go ahead and ring the bell and go on to the next topic. Let's talk about Lamar Miller was carted off the field early this weekend in the preseason game between the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys looked bad when the defender hit his knee on the field. And it was later confirmed by MRI that it was an ACL and MCL tear ending Miller's season. Miller played in 14 games in 2018, totaling 973 rush yards and five rushing touchdowns along with 163 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Deontay Foreman was released earlier in the preseason, paving the way for what looked like a big season for Miller in the high octane Texans offense, but it's now next man up. So Adam, you first, what's your opinion on how this injury impacts the Houston Texans? Oh, well, you know, the, the, the trade for Duke Johnson, then that's really looking like it's going to pay off now. I've mm-hmm. been, you know, I'm a Alabama and Miami fan, so um, I've been following Alabama. him for a while. And I, yeah, I've been Alabama since Chris Samuels was there. Yep, since Sean okay. Taylor was in Miami, and you know, I'm 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 from Washington D.C. So you know, as far as college football goes, there's not much there. So those <laughs> okay, are my teams. Enough. But um, but Duke Johnson, I've been a fan of his. I I don't think he's really a star. I think he's more of a, you know, second option, but I think I really like what he's going to be able to offer them. But as as previously mentioned, if they don't get that tackle situation uh, cleaned up, it's not going to do much good. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just reading today about, um, you know, their failed attempts in landing uh, the former, what the Patriots exec, Nick Cassaro. So right now they're basically functioning without a general manager and their, and their head coach is making these decisions. So, Mm. I, I don't really know how that's going to work for them. I think the only thing that could possibly save them is, you know, making an offer to the Redskins for Trent Williams. You know, a lot of people are still on the fence that that's not even, you know, it's still rumors. But I think if in a situation with Trent Williams, bring it back to that, that if they're interested in salvaging their season and, and Watson's career, you know, they, they should throw everything, <laughs> throw whatever they can at Washington right now to get Trent Williams. But, you know, the, they're also dealing with the situation with Jadavian Clowney. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're in a bit of a mess right now with what's going on. You know, I, honestly, I've never been a huge Lamar Miller fan and, you know, it's, it's definitely going to hurt them. But as far as, you know, what they have going on organizational right now, um, it's 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 not good right now because they need something to take the pressure off um, Watson and you know without Lamar Miller being there you know to rely on Duke Johnson to be their number one like I said I like him but I don't know about a number one so you know until they fix their situation right now with their general manager situation and um, mm-hmm. their line I think that they they're gonna have a rough time against going against teams with good defenses. Yeah, for well, sure. And, and actually, something interesting about Duke Johnson, I didn't realize this until er- earlier today, but he is the all-time leading rusher from Miami. I had no idea. So many good Miami uh, running backs uh, out to the NFL. I had no idea that that he was that that guy when he was in Miami. Um, so, See, Ryan, to, what are your thoughts? To, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. Oh, I was just going to say quickly, I think that had to do more about who was around him because if you look when the other guys were there, McGahee, Portis, and all of them, they were surrounded yep. by guys knocking on the door to start, and I think Duke Johnson had a little bit more leeway, so I think right. that definitely helped him. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it definitely was situational too. Yeah, right. I, I didn't want anybody to read into that, but I just didn't realize he was that much of a feature guy. I, th- I knew he was the feature guy in Miami. I didn't realize he had that much run, but yeah, interesting, interesting facts. All right, so go ahead, Ryan. What are your thoughts on this Lamar Miller injury and how it impacts the Houston Texans? Yeah, so I'll say that I agree with you. It's worth noting and, and somewhat surprising uh, about uh, 
about Duke Johnson in college, but as Adam just alluded to, I was about to say the same thing that uh, they were no longer quote unquote the U when uh, when yeah, Duke Johnson was playing there. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, product of the environment. It's, you know, same argument I was using in hockey. You know, you get a guy who scores 30 goals on a bad team. What does that really matter in a good team when you're just playing out there right. for yourself? So, Fair enough. anyways, um, Duke. So I mean, I, I I have huge reservations about him as a full-on number one back as well. With that said, I'm not a Lamar Miller guy either because I don't think I think Lamar Miller's shown flashes at times, but he's been in the league long enough now that we should have seen him put it together at a more consistent basis, and he didn't. So, you know, it's an afterthought there. Uh, you know. One guy that I really like um, that is on the official depth chart still listed pretty low, but uh, and this is probably my bias from all or nothing, but I, I'm a big Karan Higdon guy, um, hmm. and he was the first one to really fill in for more reps on uh, the other night. I think it was Saturday night when the Miller injury happened, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's undrafted guy, uh, but he he got better each year in Michigan and he's, and he seemed to develop more and more as the, as camp has gone on in Houston. Uh, you know how I feel about the position in general. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, we all do, <laughs> which, is, which is getting really hard for me to hold my ground on it. Now that the, the Patriots have spent a first and a third round pick over the last two years on the position. Like... <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, they did win two Super Bowls with the Garrett Blunt. So you don't, you don't need an elite running back in, in today's NFL. So with that said, um, it, it shouldn't, you know, the undoing for the Texans will be the fact that I think quietly their secondary has gotten worse over the last couple of years. Um, and then as we've, we've all highlighted multiple times in this uh, episode today, uh, that, that offensive line, um, mm-hmm. the reason, the reason they don't get there will not be because of the run game. I can, I can assure you that. Right. Right. Probably all true. And who knows uh, right now it's 50, uh, 50 that the leading rusher on the Houston Texans at the end of the year is actually even on the roster. They may actually make a move to get somebody, sitting out there. Hey, who knows? Maybe Melvin Gordon can find a home out there. Uh, you know, no, bit no, of... no, 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 Houston. Make a move <laughs> to your offensive line. Do not spend more capital on the running back position. My yeah. God, Karan Higdon, Karan Higdon and Duke Johnson and figure it out from there. All right. That's fair enough. All right. Let's ring the bell on that. Let's move on to the next topic. We're going to talk about the NFL preseason. All right. Because Lux retirement and Miller's injury, that was all big news, but there's plenty more of week three preseason action over the last week. And as we all know, week three of the preseason is often seen as the dress rehearsal for the regular season. So we get a good preview of what the starting offenses and defenses may look like for all 32 teams. So Adam, you're the guru on the Washington Redskins after their week three preseason game. What observations do you have for us? Um, I'll be honest, I've stuck to this, you know, since probably prior to the draft, you know, the offense is the question mark of this team. And, you know, Mm -hmm. going into this, I had uh, a top 25 pick for the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins was my 25th. So that shows, Hmm. you know, it's not a lack of confidence. It's just that I agree that, you know, he's not ready. Um, Right. Saying that, I think that has more to do with Trent Williams not being there. I think if Trent Williams Mm -hmm. was being there, he would be the starter, not Case Keenum. Um, in the last game, what I really, what got me pumped or my, got my juices going was this defense because I think right now they're the most underrated defensive line in the NFL with uh, John Allen, Deron Payne, Ioannidis, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, and Montez Sweat. I think mm-hmm. these guys are going to really make some noise this year. And I actually um, did a uh, film review on um, Casanova McKenzie, who is an undrafted free agent um, out of Auburn a couple years back. And this kid looks like the new junior Gillette. Uh, he was blowing mm. it up at two, was it two sacks, uh, forced fumble the other night. And that was against Matt Ryan. So um, um, Matt Ryan was the starter. But that 
was that performance that he had really, really got me excited along with um, our rookies, Cole Holcomb from North Carolina inside linebacker. And, um, of course, if you ask any Redskins fan, they're going to tell you one name, Jimmy, Jimmy F. and Moreland from um, JMU. Um, he's mm-hmm. the next big star cornerback for the Redskins. So, basically, my takeaway from this game is the offense. You know, Geis, Darius Geis is what a lot of Redskins fans are hanging their hat on. And uh, as, as um, it was mentioned before with Ryan, you know, Running backs, it's not the same. It's not how it used to be. And as excited I am to see our backfield of uh, Darius Geis, uh, AP, and Chris Thompson, you know, mm-hmm. our offense is going to be a work in progress. And with Trent Williams out, it's 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 definitely something that's uh, it's a concern. But uh, like I said, I think you know the first five games that the the schedule setters they did us no favors. We're starting with uh, Dallas, with Philadelphia, yeah. Dallas. Uh, bear your bears. Um, yep. And then we're going to round it out with the Patriots. So the first five games are going to be really tough. And I think this defense is really going to show their colors in the first couple games. So um, I walk away from that preseason, you know, allow what the defense did in that, in that game really showed me that, you know, with a four man front that they can get pressure, probably sent seriously going back to maybe the Greg Williams days or even going back farther than 91 days of the Super Bowl with the Redskins. Um, we have not had a defensive line like this, and I think that they've really invested in it. And I think Washington is going to surprise a lot of people with their defense, and, and I'm definitely going on a limb with the national with national media and people that don't agree that this is definitely going to be a top-five defense. And I think the NFC East right now, I think you know teams like the Eagles and Dallas, I think they're getting a, a little too much hype right now. And, you know, you have with the Ezekiel Elliott situation right now, you know, he thinks he's just going to show up in the camp. He's going to be, you know, I mean, show up the first game, you know, problem. I'm glad we're playing Dallas the first game with, you know, Zeke mm-hmm. Elliott coming off that. You know, Marshall Falk was saying today he's going to Cabo St. Lucas to make him throw up. He's going to work him <laughs> out and this and that. That doesn't scare me. You know, that, yeah. you know Zeke, he, Zeke is – I'll give him his credit. You know, he is a really good player. But the way that he's described in the national media, you would think he's the second coming of Barry Sanders. It, I just I, – mm-hmm. I, I think he's a good player. But I think once he meets this uh, this Washington front, I, I think he's going to get a wake up call. So I'm really that's one one thing I'm really excited about this team. The rest, you know, I, I'm a rational fan. You know, I, I don't drink the Kool Aid like I used to in my younger years. So you know, I think that this <laughs> team can definitely make some noise. And you know, you know, maybe you know, challenge for the you know nine wins can win the division in the East. I think it's been almost 10 straight years where the same team is not repeated as division champions. And I don't think really there's any division in football that's done that. So it's going to be up for grabs. So I'm really excited for this Redskins defense. And uh, give me an over under on five games for when Dwayne Haskins is going to be the starting quarterback for the uh, Washington Redskins. We all know Case Keenum was named a starter. What do you think? Well, you're going to take the over I've or the under? Five all along. This is this is a Cleveland Browns situation, just like with Ty, Tyrod Taylor and uh, Baker Mayfield. I think it's going to come down to, you know, it might be just a, you know, an ankle tweak, something minor for Case Keenum. You know, he's going to take some hits without Trent Williams there. You know, he's going to take some hits. So they're going to focus. You know, I've got an article coming out soon, um, just about like what they need to do, and you know, to have success with them. You know, working the quick game, the play action, the screen, and especially with players that we draft like Terry McLaurin. You know, these guys are ideal for this kind of offense. So, you know, but eventually I think he's going to he's gonna take something that's going to make him sit, and that's all it's going to take. Once he sits, mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins gets in, because Haskins is going to make his mistakes, but this kid's got a cannon. And everyone yeah. said coming in, including me, he's a statue, you know, he's a pocket quarterback, you don't see much. 
he changed his whole body type within a couple months. That's honestly my biggest shock coming out of camp is how he looked um, a couple weeks ago, just just running the ball. I did not see that out of him, and never thought I saw it out of see it out of him. So I think when mm-hmm. he gets a hold of it, I think it's going to be around week four or five. And I think at that point, they'll roll with him. They're not going to pull him out after that. If he throws two, three interceptions in a game, I think they'll just roll with him because um, he's their future. He's their franchise. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'll keep my expectations medium with that. You know, I got a little too high. We, we, we had the whole RG3 mania in D.C. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think I learned my lesson off of that. And, you know, writing about it now and, you know, following team, watching film, I think I'm a little more uh, realistic of – the expectations with Haskins, you know, the local kid, I think he's going to be really good for us, but I don't know if it's going to be rookie of the year type of, you know, situation for him this year, but I think uh, the unproven receivers we have is a big question mark, but I think once he gets it, you know, week four or five, I think that'll be it. And he'll, he'll, he'll hold on to it after that. All right. Well, some good thoughts there on the Redskins. Let me just flip it over here to you, Ryan, for a second. Um, do you have any takeaways from week three preseason? I know there was a lot of other stuff going on, and you're watching college football and your drafts and everything, but anything stick out to you from the preseason games in week three, or is it just kind of like, eh, it looks like everything's going to sort out the way it's going to sort out? Yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything overly surprising, um, you know, in, in my uh, personal opinion. I know that for me, um, after watching the Green Bay Raiders game, the next day I came in and was watching, I forget which game was on, but I was surprised for a second when I saw that the offense was lining up at the five-yard line with the ball because I thought that was a touchdown because that game mm-hmm. in, uh, up in whatever whatever it was, Winnipeg or whatever the other night threw me oh, off. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> on the 80-yard field. That was horrible. <laughs> what a so what it showed me. So what it showed me is that this is just – we're just getting to the point that this is just – it feels like preseason gets devalued more and more every year. We got that going on. Uh, Tom Brady to this point has played like four total series in the preseason. Yeah. Um, a guy like Julian Edelman's played zero series. You watch games across the league and starters, you know, it used, it used to be the third preseason game guys, you know, I hate when people say this, but the, you know, the quote unquote dress rehearsal game, you know, right. guys, the starters were going to almost the fourth quarter. Now it's like right. they don't play in the first two at all. And if they do, it's like for a drive or two. And then they come in the third game and they're out before the half's even over. Um, yeah. So I'm a football addict. So of course I watch it all. I just don't think anything uh, uh, that that drastic or, or dramatic has happened over this, this last week. I mean, outside of the, the injury stuff that we talked about um, one thing, a note just, you know, from a local perspective, don't know if you've seen the reports tonight, but David Andrews, the center for the Patriots uh, has blood clots. Yeah. And his lungs. Um, so would not be a surprise if he misses the entire year, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll miss significant time at least, which uh, does shake up things on the, on the offensive line for a team with a 42 year old quarterback. So um, right. that's, that's probably my biggest, uh, biggest takeaway besides the injuries and the, obviously the luck retirement. Right. A, a, a team of a 42 year old quarterback who I just selected in my, in my draft. So I'm hoping that you guys put it together. Uh, so that being said, I will only mention one thing uh, from the from the third week of preseason games. Boy, do the Tennessee Titans look like crap! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I I I and, and they pulled. They immediately pulled Mariota after he went 0 for three and and got sacked for a safety uh, to protect him, quote unquote. Uh, I don't. I think he needs reps. I mean, I don't. I mean, everyone looked out of sync there. They paid what uh, 36 million or so for Adam Humphreys, who uh, dropped a horrific or had a horrific drop. Uh, one of his two passes. I mean, it was it was just did not look good. 
at all. And Deion Lewis, what a disaster that is. It, I mean, if Derrick Henry can't get out there, um, that team is going to go backwards really, really fast. Um, and all I'll right. Say, well, look, yep. I'll just say on that, because I, I don't remember where I saw this either. I've just been all over the place reading and watching stuff the last couple of days here, but um, somewhere, and it was reputable, said that that if you ask the right people in Tennessee, it is a bona fide uh, quarterback competition going on between Mariota and Tannehill. Uh, oh, my God. Saying, if if <laughs> wow. Tannehill, even if it doesn't happen, if there's whispers that Tannehill could potentially beat out Mariota, that confirms Mariota sucks as bad as we all should know that he does by now. Wow, yeah. that is perfect. He's one of the most perfect. overhyped quarterbacks I've ever watched, next next to uh, Sanchez. They got drafted that early. Those, between yep. those two guys, those were – you know, you just turn on the film and those guys, and you you can see the holes in their game. And I, I really don't know what Tennessee was thinking. You know, back to back, what was it? Drew Locke and I'm not Drew Locke. Excuse me, can't remember that kid's name that retired early um, out of yeah, Washington I know, I know. University. Yeah, I, I totally know who you're talking about. Uh, Lock Lockett, or I can't remember his name. Lock, now, but I totally Lock. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting. But, but between those two guys, those are probably the worst two quarterback picks in like a five-year stretch I've ever seen from teams. So I don't know, you know, Henry, exactly, that whole team is going to be on his back. So, you know, it's it just ankle better uh, get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no definitely. It's, Not it's, a quarterback that relies on his legs. Yeah, it's a good sign when uh, when a running back has had one good good month in his entire career is what, uh, what the whole team's <laughs> offensive hopes are on, so – Right, right. I just, I just say like zero and three, and and being sacked for a safety is not what you want to see from your starter in the preseason. But uh, okay. Well, anyway, that being said, we are out of time. We're gonna hit the air horn on the show here. Uh, that was fantastic. Thanks again, Adam, for joining us today. Adam from the Burgundy and Gold Report. Terrific, terrific site. Check it out at burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. Adam, uh, are you working on anything right now on the site that our listeners should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I've actually got a brand new segment I've got going on. On uh, as soon as you click on there, the the, the homepage, it's um, <clears throat> the Burgundy and Gold Report film room. Uh, just where I'm just mm-hmm. doing, uh, you know, quick, you know, 45 second, one minute quick sessions. I post them on Twitter too, where you can follow me at the B and G Report. Uh, just mm-hmm. breaking down the latest one I put up was with uh, Casanova McKenzie I mentioned before. Um, so yeah, so it's um, right now it's film room articles. We got a currently got an article going on Case Keenum that should be up within a couple days. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I got a new website that's going to be actually launching a dot com um, very soon. It's been a lot of work. Oh, nice. I'm not very I'm not very tech savvy, <laughs> and I'm you know I'm doing it all myself. So. Um, but when that drops, that'll be cool. I'll have a lot of uh, scouting stuff, uh, film room, uh, articles, uh, interactive for readers to uh, post pictures, videos, uh, suggestions. So it'll be really cool. That sounds awesome. In the meantime, everyone go check out Burgundy and Gold report.wordpress.com and the .com coming soon. So lots of great new things to keep an eye out for. And of course, uh, check out the urban sports scene podcast tomorrow where Adam will be on with Wally and Ray and the guys. And please do pass on the fact that Ryan said something nasty about Wally and that I Hakun defended Wally because that's, that's the type of friend I am. Please pass that on Adam. Cause I just want Wally to know who's really on his side here. All right. Ryan, quote, the worst in the industry. I got it. <laughs> nice nice all right ryan give us your social media so people can follow you yeah you can follow me at ryan whitfield ne uh one last thing i wanted to throw out there today i meant to mention this earlier um when we were talking on the andrew luck news there's a famous uh locally a famous moment uh years ago on i think it was back in like 2013 on on 
the Felger and Maz show, which is probably the biggest show in network um, mm-hmm. or in the local area. And, uh, you know, uh, Tony Maserati come on the radio and said, if you wouldn't trade Tom Brady for Andrew Luck right now, you're beyond dumb. Um, the co-host <laughs> Mike Felger went on to say, yeah, and throw RG three in there. The Patriot fans are delusional. <laughs> they think Tom Brady is going to play forever. You would absolutely want one of these two guys instead of them. And he's outlasted both of them. With that said, had they been behind the Patriots offensive line, uh, they probably would have had longer and better careers because people can't, can't forget the RG three horrible, uh, uh oh my injury in that, and that, and that wild card game. Uh, and so I had just taken him in a, in a in a dynasty league, uh, so I screamed mother effer. I've never been so mad watching the watching the Redskins <laughs> game because I I knew that injury was going to alter his career. So yeah. Anyways, follow me tw- on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield Denny. All right. Well, this is a great night. Anybody? Uh, first of all, again, Adam, thanks for joining us. You're welcome on the show anytime. Everyone, check out the Burgundy and Gold Report. Everyone, check out our site, footballgarbagetime.com. We've got lots of new uh, new uh, content coming to you, and of course, our podcast every week. And we're going to be breaking down some more stuff next week as we get right around the corner to the beginning of the NFL season. Thanks, everyone, for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. And uh, since you didn't you didn't tee it up as we fade out here, everyone can look out for our first kiss article next week. I did your All job right. for you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.